You're listening to the SHL Smart Teams Podcast, a show where we invite experts on people science to talk about how to build a future where businesses thrive because their people thrive. Hi, and welcome to this SHL Smart Teams Podcast. I'm Phil Davis, and I work in SHL's consulting team. Today, we're going to talk about competency frameworks. What is a competency framework? It's an expression of clearly defined behaviors for employees to use in order to help the organization achieve its objectives. And today we have a, a guest joining us, uh, Marcus from Hedro. Uh, Marcus, it's great to have you. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello, Philip. Thank you for uh, for having me on the podcast. So yeah, I can introduce myself briefly. My name is Marcus. Uh, I work uh, as a global lead for leadership development at Hydro. For those of you that don't know Hydro, we are a global leading aluminium and energy company with the purpose of uh, creating a more viable society by developing natural resources into products and solutions as we are present and in uh, throughout the uh, aluminium value chain uh, in different areas there. Great. Thanks for that introduction, Marcus. So the topic today is competency frameworks. Let's start off by saying why are frameworks beneficial to organizations, Marcus? Well, I think there are, uh, there are many different organizations, uh, of course, but I can definitely say a little bit about why it's uh, beneficial for, for us. So I, I think that competency frameworks help us to provide a, a common language in the organization. It kind of binds us together in terms of leadership, which I'm uh, mostly concerned about. And it enables us basically to, to align our strategy and our strategic objectives with, with behavior, with leadership behavior. So we've experienced a lot of change recently. Why are frameworks particularly important at the moment? Are the reasons why they're especially important right now? Well, I just think there is uh, a lot of change uh, going on right now. And I, I think uh, uh, there are some clear examples uh, as well uh, uh, on changes that impact uh, uh, frameworks and uh, the kind of behavior that we need uh, to be able to handle those changes. Uh, like, for instance, the focus on diversity, inclusion uh, and belonging, for instance, that we have in, in Hydro. Uh, but there's also areas like hybrid work, for instance, after the, the pandemic, uh, the expectations from employees in, when it comes to working remotely and how leaders are supposed to deal with this. There's also, uh, of course, a lot of technological change uh, going on. And uh, a lot of people talk about the great resignation. So what does that imply? How do leaders uh, deal with that? So all of these things that come on top of each other, I think, uh, really creates a need for having a framework and to help leaders to to navigate this. That's interesting. So as these different changes happen, the behaviors needed by leaders need to be different. They, They evolve and priorities become different. That's really interesting. So, okay. Um, so we've got, you know, we decide to design a framework. What are the things that help you embed and grain traction to a new competency framework, Marcus? Well, I think the, the most important thing is the involvement and, and the commitment of uh, senior management teams. So really having them on board and having them uh, own it, the framework and the, the behaviors that are in the framework. So it's not necessarily an HR thing. This is the core uh, business and uh, and owned by by the management teams and the senior leadership. Yeah, sure. So how do you engage that team to get this buy-in that you're wanting? Well, I think 
on our side, I think we've been very lucky that uh, the buy-in has been there from uh, from the very beginning, uh, and it actually came from the business to uh, to a large extent as well. But I think to continue having buy-in, it is about making sure that uh, you you make it clear, uh, put forward clear examples of how this is useful in uh, in their everyday work and and how it can help them to uh, to achieve their their objectives. Sure, now that that makes a lot of sense, Marcus. And okay, so um, I guess one thing is designing the framework and getting the buy-in, but then then it's all about the application. So how have you applied the framework at Hydro? Well, I think that uh, frameworks like this really need to be uh, embedded in in everything we do around uh, leadership. So we apply it in in all our core leadership processes, like leadership recruitment, leadership mobility, uh, leadership uh, development, and also uh, when it comes to performance management. So we really try to look at all these processes and uh, and embed the framework across uh, the employee lifecycle, across all these processes to really make it become a, a living language that that have the purpose of binding us together, like I mentioned in the in the beginning. So what would be the key advice you'd give someone who's embarking on designing and implementing a, a framework from, from scratch, Marcus? Well, that's, that's a bit of a tricky question, but I think um, really make sure that you make it clear how this is going to be used in which processes and in, in which way uh, it should be used. And then really balancing out the um, complexity of the framework with simplicity so it can actually be communicated out in a good way. I think uh, I think that's uh, that's key. And I think it's key to use a, a, uh, a scientific framework as a foundation to just to just help you get a broad enough framework so that you include all the relevant aspects that you get a good balance between management and leadership, for instance, that becomes measurable. And I think also we, we spend a lot of time making sure that the competences are, are not overlapping too much. So that's also uh, yeah, something to think about when embarking on this. Oh, that, that's great advice. We're really referring so far to freshly custom designed frameworks. So starting from scratch, you know, and conceiving something which really reflects the organization uh, from first principles. But there are off-the-shelf uh, competency frameworks, such as SHL's Universal Competency Framework. If an organization hasn't got the time to invest in designing a completely new framework, can that work using an off-the-shelf framework? And what would be the caveats about that? Yeah, I think we could definitely take an off-the-shelf framework and, and, and use that. But uh, at the minimum, I think it is good to uh, go through the language of that framework to make sure uh, that the language fits with your organization's language. So just to adapt it a bit to to the culture and to the business that uh, that you're in. So that's a very light touch of kind of customizing uh, your uh, the SHL framework to to your your organization. That can definitely be done, and it it works very well. But then the more, of course, you uh, you pick and select and, and think about your company's uh, strategic direction and uh, an external environment and how that fits with uh, with the competences that you want. Uh, the more you go in that direction, I think the more the more sharper it gets. But uh, the UCF is anyway a great place to start. Oh, that's interesting. So it, perhaps there are three three levels. There's a completely um, 
fresh design framework there's an off-the-shelf framework or perhaps something that's supported and and, and backed up um, by an existing framework but with uh, language applied um, to the actual situation you've talked about all the energy that you've put into this marcus and i think it would be understood that it's not helpful to keep changing frameworks very very frequently um, but with the changing environment that we talked about uh, and how leadership behaviours uh, that are needed evolve and change, uh, how does how do you know when it's good to create a new framework, or how do you know when it's there's a need to tweak and amend an existing framework? Yeah, I mean the best thing is if you have a, a working framework that you can just amend, uh, or you can just add or or take away pieces. But uh, how often you should do that? I mean. Obviously, if you're going to implement this in all your uh, your processes, then I think you cannot change it too often in itself because that just uh, is not that easy. But I think it's worth having a look at the framework and keeping it alive and, and relevant. Uh, and typically, an organization have a five-year strategy period. I think the same. I think then you should also have a look at the framework. Is it is it relevant? Is there things we should change and, and tweak to align with a new strategic direction? So uh, what I'm hearing there is perhaps sometimes there could be change fatigue in organizations and hearing that perhaps if you are going to go about introducing a new framework to do it wholeheartedly and really decide it, it's key to the strategy and, and everyone throws themselves into it rather than perhaps, you know, dabbling and, and then not uh, not really doing it wholeheartedly. Would that be fair? Yeah, that would be fair. Uh, fair summary, definitely. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and I know you've got a, a lot of experience, Marcus, uh, both working as a consultant and uh, in-house in, in, in frameworks. A- any other advice that you give or any c- considerations that people should take into account other than what we've said so far? Well, I think that for us, at least, uh, the involvement of uh, leaders at all levels in the organization in uh, in defining and, and creating the framework has been uh, been key so uh, i think uh, the ownership should uh, be with the entire organization uh, and i think that's that's really key uh, to make this fly yeah and i suppose there's a, a process of negotiation in that different people will have different things that are important to them you know perhaps p- people coming from different backgrounds just tell us a bit about that sort of negotiation would, would that be something that you've experienced marcus to have to you know facilitate other people to understand each other to get to the uh, final result yeah and i think that's one of the great things also with a framework is that we really get a good look at how we have different opinions and how we are different for instance within different business areas and uh, different parts of the organization but i think when we we do an exercise in creating uh, frameworks like this we also i think in the end we see also how much alignment and the commonalities there are when it comes to leadership and uh, then how the framework itself actually becomes uh, something that unites us and, and brings us together. Yeah, and I would certainly say, you know, having worked as a consultant myself, uh, sometimes the very process of going through these discussions can trigger some really useful conversations in organizations in, in you know, getting people to, to talk together and really define what they mean. When perhaps people haven't maybe fully understood each other uh, in areas, so uh, that would be one observation I'd make as a consultant. I'm not sure if you've you've experienced that as well, Marcus. Yeah, no, I think it uh, a good thing uh, about it is that it triggers good conversations around uh, who we are and, and where we want to go and, and what we need 
uh, more of when it comes to leadership going forward. Exactly. Well, thanks so much for your time today, Marcus. I think there's a lot of useful information there for organizations and very practical about, you know, what's what's important if you're embarking on that journey of designing and implementing a competency framework. So once again, thanks very much. And I hope this is useful to people who listen to it. Thank you very much, Phil. Thanks for listening to the SHL Smart Teams podcast. To learn more about how SHL helps companies leverage their greatest asset, their people, please visit shl.com.